0: My name is Joanna DeVoe and I am the relationshipy libra creatrix behind Kickass Witch, putting the K in Magic, and Hippie Witch, the show you are listening to right now. I also have a free ebook by that name, Hippie Witch, Peace, Love, and all that good shit. And you can pick up a copy of that at ww.joannadevoe.com or back on the description page for this episode, back at Blog Talk Radio. And if you didn't get the memo last week or the week before that, the reason the numbers are starting to get all out of whack here, why we're skipping from episode 173 to episode 175, is because episode 174 happened over on Patreon. And I am loving it over on Patreon. And if you're not following me over there, you're totally missing out because everybody loves a little hippie witch in their life. And if you love a little hippie witch, how about a lot of hippie witch? (laughs) The last episode that I did there too, um, plug your ears if you're sensitive to naughty words or words that are considered naughty, but it was called pussy power. Mars and Venus in Relationship, or Mars versus Venus in Relationship, and um, interestingly, the guest I have on today knows a little bit about Pussy Power, so maybe we'll have time to ask her about that, <laughs> uh, but we do have a guest here today, so let me quickly tell you, too, the two episodes, there's three episodes now up on Patreon that you can listen to if you go to patreon.com slash Joanna DeVoe, and the first two were about codependence. And I'm going to be doing three bonus episodes there every single month for you all who want to go deeper and uh, have more hippie witch in your life. Um, But today, and speaking of pussy power, I hope I'm not embarrassing her before we even start talking today. (laughs) Let me reintroduce you to my friend Dawn Champagne of both the Yoni Diaries where she talks about pussy power and working with yoni eggs to empower yourself and the goddess diaries. Hi Don. <laughs> Hello. I love it. It's not embarrassing at all. I'm I'm trying not to laugh. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. Okay. I, you know what else? I want to give a shout out to Mama Gina because um oh, In that yes. Patreon in that Patreon episode, I'm actually like complaining about a woman who has been talking about pussy power in a way that kind of feels, has a little ick factor but Mama Gina has a book coming out, if anybody knows Mama Gina and the School of Womanly Arts, I love that book, but her next book is called Pussy, a Reclamation, so we're bringing that word back for those of you who are just like squirming in your chair right now, like please stop saying the P word, please, please, we're we're bringing it back, people, it's totally cool. I love it, and her It's I'm so happy that you're saying it, too, because in all of her marketing for this book, she has not been able to say the word, especially on Facebook, if you've noticed. So, yes. Oh, here we go. I have have not noticed, but I do notice that she's got like an army of modern day thought leaders behind her, like Gabrielle Bernstein and Daniel all these women whose work I think was really heavily influenced by hers. I love that they're mm-hmm. rising up now and kind of being like the queen. Cause she is, she was doing all this stuff before any of us were. Oh yeah. And it's awesome too, as a, as a nice kind of segue into the topic of the show. I mean like all of that support, all of that rallying around each other, the friendships, you know, that is so awesome to have that in your court when you're ready to do something like that. So Heck to the yeah. The yeah. Power? <laughs> <laughs> okay, we better we better talk, move on here before we lose all the men because I actually want to talk about something that pertains to everybody. Um, it really started, well, it started, I think, when our friendship started, but this word, romance, I, I vividly remember the day when I was like, what do we have here? What are we doing? I was like texting you. <laughs> I'm like, men have their bromances, you know, but like, what do Mm -hmm. women have? And then I was was kind of thinking, well, what we have, Dawn, you and I, the friendship that we have, it's like, it's a friendship men could have with men or women could have with women or it's like for everybody. And I was thinking about it. I was like, it's a bromance. And I was like, so excited to text (laughs) you that word. I was like, I know what we've got. It's a bromance. (laughs) Oh Yeah. Happy what emoji I, response yes, <laughs> to that. <laughs> yes. So, just very, very, basically, and broadly for everybody listening, a romance, G R O W, is, I guess, it's a relationship that you sustain over time that allows both people to change and grow, and in some ways facilitates that. The way I talked, uh, subtitled today's show was from Woundmates. To soulmates, which I think segues really nicely off the codependency subject and um, wraps up this whole relationship theme we've been having here all August. Since this is the last show, this is the last show in August. I should tell you all. Um, but anyway, Don, how would you define a romance? Yeah, I would define it like that. It's, it's a relationship that. <sighs> helps you to grow it's a nurturing relationship it helps you to um the way that i feel about how how you and i have interacted with one another is that we've been mature enough in our relationship to look at some differences that we may have had in the past that and instead of just getting stuck in our differences or drifting apart because of them We've really um, used them as fuel to, like, grow through different areas in our life. And we've come out on the other end. I feel that much stronger because of it. So definitely. I like got butterflies (laughs) in my stomach when you were saying that because I vividly remember laying on the floor of my foyer last summer. I think it was. (laughs) Um, and we had butt heads a couple of times last year, but this one phone conversation that I think just changed everything, it was, there was so much crying and it felt very like when you fight with your siblings, maybe you're like, you're a dummy. No, you're a dummy. Oh. like It was very like this whole weird, very healing, very cathartic conversation that people I don't think have these anymore. They're more inclined to go running to a third party and be like that bitch, you know, or just to sort of like ghost you and never talk to you again. And I, I remember you said something in the middle of this conversation where we're just like, well, this is my point of view. No, this is my point of view. And they were not matching at the beginning of the point of the conversation. (laughs) I think we did get to like see each other's point of view by the end of it, but you're like, this is so weird. And I said, I know, I know I'm weird. I know I'm weird. And you're like, not you, just this whole thing. And I was feeling like it is weird. Like, why don't we do this more often? And why do we just write mm-hmm. people off when we rub each other the wrong way? Because look what's happened. Like we talk almost every day now and like are mm-hmm. so supportive of each other And it was because there was like a little splinter that we picked out and then that was it. We were able to like, be like, I don't know. For me, it created a sense of safety knowing I could talk to someone that way, be heard and then listen back, you know, and be Mm -hmm. like, oh, I think I, I think I could have handled things with more grace as well. So it taught me about grace and friendships as well, which is just a random side note, (laughs) but um, what would, do you remember that conversation? I do. I do. And, you know, I, I don't remember the actual conversation itself. I don't remember a lot of the conversation. I just remember, you know, we had our rift or we had our, our tiff, I should say. <laughs> and And then we decided we were going to talk about it. I remember going into it feeling complete anxiety, like my stomach was going to drop out. And then I remember getting to the other side of that conversation feeling like, fuck yeah we just did something you know but yeah to, ref- to preface that um I had actually been struggling with uh up until that point well no it was it was a it was about a year prior to that I had gone through a terrible friendship breakup and I just remember you know when that happened with with my other friend, it was it was it was like we were done. We completely broke up. And it wasn't just me and a friend. It it turned out to be me, my friend, and a lot of different friends that were <laughs> in the mix yeah. as well. Yeah. And so it was something that caused me a huge amount of anxiety just simply because um you know, I didn't want to I didn't want a repeat of that, but after that initial breakup, I went through this really intense period of self-reflection, you know, like this intense, like, did I do this? Did I do something? How could I have done this better? What could I, what can I learn from this? You know, how, how, how did I take her for granted? And, and then it was like, well, wait a minute now going forward, how am I going to choose better friends? You know, how is it going to be a better experience for me and what do I want in a friendship? what do I expect in a friendship? And so all of those things were challenged or being challenged in the the moment, you know, so it was like this really huge potential for I don't know, I, I like I said, I went into it with this anxious feeling and I came out of it just feeling elated and relieved. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that the two of us could come together in such a mature way. And and just be present with one another, and I just don't think that that's something that you see in a lot of uh, relationships these days, especially adult relationships, uh, friendships. Yeah. That is. So. I definitely felt that anxiety too, and for me, it, I can't say I felt mature. I felt sloppy, and awkward. Oh, for sure. Excessively vulnerable. <laughs> for sure. and then I but I sensed that you did too and I was like Mm -hmm. well this is dude even if this doesn't turn out well like I don't know we're having it we're doing it this is crazy and there was a window you know how mercury retrograde I guess that's on my brain right now but you know how there's like the shadow period after the retrograde or any retrograde I was there was a shadow period of vulnerability to like what, you know, it it wasn't like, Oh, and the next day we're best friends. It was like, right. It was like, what, what's, what's she going to do? What am I going to do? And just, it was a showing up like over and over again and just being like, I'm not going to bite you. I'm not going to bite you either. Really? Really? Okay. Here, you want a cookie? Yeah, I do. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. To, to, I think that the maturity came as a result of all of that. I mean, it was, it was very courageous and mature of us to do it, but I don't think that I would say I felt mature at the time. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And that word courage too. I always screw up this Brene Brown quote, but I bet you know it by heart. Um, Something about vulnerability. I think I just got it right. Vulnerability is the measure of courage. So the more intensely vulnerable you allow yourself to feel, the more that requires courage and is a demonstration Mm -hmm. of courage. And um, I think we should have more courage in our relationships, especially in this time where it's so easy to stay on the surface because of the Internet. It's so easy to block Mm -hmm. and delete someone from your life. And this whole trend, like all of a sudden, this is the year of spiritual bypass. Everybody wants to talk about spiritual bypass, which is totally yeah. a thing. It's a thing, mm-hmm. but it's like, are we doing that in our relationships as well? Because it's just so easy to write someone off when, when you bump wounds. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I, you know, um, and just kind of switching gears just slightly here. It's um, talking about the wound mate and the soulmate dynamic. Um, I saw that in your title when you had scheduled the show and I thought, wow, you know, there's a topic or there's a phrase that I haven't actually seen in a long time, especially as it relates to just friendships. And you see it all the time in the romantic partnership reference but when it comes to relationships outside of that romantic setting i don't think that it's talked about enough and we all have interactions with all kinds of people on a daily basis you know you might have like you like you said in your description of the show you have coworkers and you have family members and siblings and <clears throat> So how does that dynamic play out in those relationships? And I thought it was really awesome to be able to sit and have a chat about that because it just needs to happen. For sure. I mentioned recently something about, this is just a guess. I'm not saying this is a fact, but it seems like codependency issues in our key romantic relationships are almost epidemic. Like people, Often i and maybe this is just because I'm a person who did this, I notice it, you know, so it's like when you're pregnant, everyone's pregnant, or you get a v w everybody has a v w you just all of a sudden notice it, but um. That intense investment in one person and, and, you know, people in the magical and new age communities, it's like, when will I find my soulmate? I want my soulmate, soulmate, Mm -hmm. soulmate, soulmate. And there's two layers to that for me. It's one, you're discounting the fact that we're probably here to grow and learn something. So your soulmate is probably in some ways going to be a wound mate. Um, Big as like attracts like, and those deep down layers of yourself, They're going to find a way to work themselves out, most likely in your key relationships. But also, you're missing this whole, like, rainbow of experience in terms of, like, having a variety of social experiences and deeper relationships to feed yourself so that it's not all hanging on one idealized, romanticized soulmate. You know, we can have many Mm -hmm. soulmates. And I definitely consider our friendship that, like, that's how it feels to me. I would never have been able mm-hmm. to say that up until a couple of years ago, I would say. I would have felt totally awkward and weird, <laughs> almost like I was hitting on you, like, and I'm not, although I joke all the time, like, you're totally going to break up with me over this, and I usually <laughs> to share some bizarre thing about myself, but... Um... <laughs> Don't think I'm weird. You're going to think I'm weird. I don't know how many of our conversations have started like Mm -hmm. that. But the fun of that, the fun of that, especially if you've been in a long-term relationship, finding a bromance, you know, like if you're a guy. I've seen this happen with men over and over again. They're in a marriage. Their lives get kind of stale. And then they meet that guy. (laughs) And all of a sudden, they're like into golf. Or flag football or whatever the thing is. And, they're, and you see them come alive in that same way that we do when we meet, like, a romantic partner. I've seen that happen to men before. And I'm, for women, too. But um, I don't know. The word bromance is really where bromance came from. And I think about that and just the men I've been with in my life and watching them have a bromance and how much fun they're having. And um, it's beautiful. It is. It is. I feel like um <laughs> not to not to keep it on us, but I feel like that's kind of happening with the astrology bit here.
1: <laughs> Diving into the
0: astrology, I'm like blossoming in ways I didn't realize I could even blossom. <laughs> you know what's anyway. funny? Um Astrologer Stephen Forrest, who has written ten bajillion books on astrology, I can't wait to dig more into his work. Um, but I thought about you. He has a book that's about—it's actually about love and romance. Um, but I, the title is Skymates. So we're talking about wound mates and soulmates. And this book is called Skymates, and all the interesting things that we have in common in our birth charts, like we have so much in common. You could almost lay them on top of each other and then, you know, they just fit together. And then we have like these differences, obviously, you know, that would stand out mm-hmm. like sore thumbs. But I, um, I think that whole idea of a sky mate is really fascinating as well. For sure. The Astro twin takes a different, yeah. different uh, definition there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think it could just happen with any subject like football stats to to astrology like whatever mm-hmm. it's that weird must say, like my weird matches your weird and so let's be weird together <laughs> right um, exactly and this does what we're talking about apply to romantic relationships as well and um mm-hmm. I want people to know, like we're not just talking about friendship. It have it could be with a parent child. Like you'll notice a lot of parents that have more than one kid. There's just one kid that that they have this tumultuous relationship with their whole lives, and then the other kid they're perfectly fine with, you know, and they get along and they go out to lunch. And it's like, well, I would say that the first example might be an example of a romance just waiting to happen, <laughs> like. You're Mm -hmm. clearly triggering each other and, and uh, what can come out of that, you know, and you might want to look at the kind of, if you're having, if you're attracting friendships that feel more like, you know, frenemies where you're triggering each other, you might want to trace that all the way back to that parent Mm -hmm. or that sibling who pushed your buttons that way. That's an interesting path to take. I mean, I mean, Really, because if you think about the idea of codependency and how we, a lot of us have dealt with codependency in our lives, whether we are aware of it or not, um, codependent issues, we tend to form a lot of our relationships based on those wounds that we uh, received when we were kids. Um, And having the bromance part of it, the bromance as an adult with another person, oh my God, you can uncover so much stuff if you're both willing to to be there for each other and to work through those issues together because that's where um that's where the the difference is is like being a wound mate versus a soul mate is that in the wound mate dynamic, you just get stuck in the wound and yeah. you never you never get through it and you never grow through it. You just, um, I've seen, I've seen it on the internet and I can't, I think it was Jeff Brown that said this, but you just keep triggering each other over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. And you're stuck in the mud. But if you can grow through it, then you're like, that's, that's when it changes. That's when it shifts into that soulmate dynamic. So yeah. something, it's, it's really fascinating. And Alan, you know, Uh, reflection after the fact when when you like with you Joanna I can see back to where um, when we had that conversation last year I can see back to where all of those little things were triggered within me you know all of my wounds my deep insecurities my abandonment issues my (laughs) you know just all of these different things and it was um it was really interesting to see how that unfolded for us, and I think that anybody can do that. Anybody who finds themselves in that wound dynamic and they're willing to go through and get to the other side to that soulmate thing, um, anybody can do that. And I think it's kind of fun after the fact when you're after. thinking back on it. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not yeah. when you're in it, but I will say it's not it so much. It in- it created an enormous amount of trust just between Mm -hmm. us, but then also the desire for more relationships like that. And then I noticed something in my other friendships to where, I mean, I didn't dump those other friendships, but I just noticed that some of them became unsatisfactory to me because maybe it's my Scorpio moon, but I, I want to go deep with people. I just want to be Totally myself, and I hate the polite tap dance that so many of us do Mm -hmm. on the surface and giving each other the silent treatment or just like things like that. I don't, I don't have, I don't know how to do that. And then I get like tortured about it, (laughs) you know, like Mm -hmm. stuff like that can really like mess with my brain. So the relief of just being like, I'm really messed up about this, like this, you know, and just being able to work that out, I think. Two, you know what, before, I know we, we want to talk about doing this in a group situation as well, um, mm-hmm. and I know we're going to run out of time if we just keep harping on this, but I want to mention, too, in the context of a romantic relationship, when I posted whatever I posted this morning on Facebook about moving from wound mates to soul mates, um, Jessica Silva she said um, I want to read what she said because it's such a good example of how you can do this in your marriage or in your key partnership in your life right now she said yes I am in one referring to a romance. Um, five years of hell that turned into absolute bliss once we worked through some of our toughest issues that we had been very much projecting onto one another mm. in order to externalize them and fight <laughs> those wounds hurt, but in the end, they were what needed to happen in order for two broken people to finally heal themselves and I loved that, but yes, I do too yeah, I think there's a a, a safety container that in on marriages or really close partnerships that way where um, you start projecting your crap onto the other person, (laughs) just Mm -hmm. like she said, in order to externalize it because it's like inside of you and you can't see it until there's another person standing there acting it out. And then the key I think to spiritual maturity is to be able to recognize that as a projection or some shadow aspect of yours is like having a funky dance with their shadow aspect. Are you gonna fight for the next fifty years of your life? Are you gonna divorce? Are you gonna friggin' talk about it? <laughs> hmm Exactly. Communication, huge part of relationships number one, but a huge part of of moving through that also. And self-awareness too, having the self-awareness to know when you're being triggered or, you know, what's mine and what's yours kind of thing. (laughs) Right. Um, I I have a question. I have a question. I have a question I did not ask you and I have no idea what you're going to answer. So I'll just let you riff on this, but um, I know you have an ebook coming out about how to create a goddess circle. Um, Basically Mm -hmm. a group, a spiritual group. Um, and I'm curious about this in the context of a group. Do you think a group experience can contain something like this or that the group experience is a place to talk about these experiences? Do you know what I mean? To like, like we're doing right now to not really like Mm -hmm. drag them into the group. Like, how do you deal with something like that? And tell us about your ebook both. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you. Um, well, I'll I'll just answer the question first. I think and it's a long answer. I think so. I'm just gonna riff. <laughs> um, so first of all, I think that as we as you've already mentioned, it's it's as we grow and as we get older, I think relationships, friendships, um, become harder to cultivate for whatever reason, like we just get set in our ways or, you know, for whatever reason. It, and I think women especially are wired in a specific way that we tend to gravitate towards personal relationships or that we need them in our lives. But I think that also women are largely conditioned to behave in certain ways that, that probably um, are, you know, the behaviors are more of a catalyst for toxic friendships, you know, toxic Relationships. And so you see a lot of backbiting or gossiping or, um, you know, all you the things that, that make again? it toxic. Can you say that again? I, you like the whole thing I, or? Just the whole, like, wow, the way you put that, the way we're conditioned. You know, Mm because women have this reputation as being catty. That's the word I always hear. Um, Mm -hmm. And it is true. I have had that experience, but I never want to say it because it seems so politically incorrect. So is it okay Mm -hmm. to pause you and just sort of repeat that? So, okay. Yes. Go ahead. (laughs) Well, what I was saying was that I think that we are wired that we have this deep need for relationships, for friendships. And, and yet our culture doesn't really support the, the nurturing or the cultivation of healthy relationships that in a lot of ways we, as women, are conditioned to behave in certain ways. Um, and I think, I don't remember exactly what I said, but I think that because of that conditioning, we don't know how. To cultivate healthy relationships, like we have an idea or we have a sense of it, but but um, our conditioned behaviors kind of take the front seat. And um, so, in relation to a goddess circle, I think it's it's one of the things that can help forge healthier relationships. Um, can we go deep in a goddess circle? Absolutely, we can. Can we um, go deep, you know, one-on-one within the context of a goddess circle? I think so. I think a lot of women these days are actually hungry to break out of that condition cycle (laughs) and actually go deeper in their relationships. And I see a lot of um, relationships being forged in the goddess circle itself. And I have to say, like, in in the Boise area – Uh, where I am. I I started a goddess circle a couple of years ago because I'd gone through an apprenticeship with a local teaching coven. They're not a coven, they're a grove, but that's whatever, that's semantics. Um, I went through an apprenticeship and during that apprenticeship, I was asked to facilitate the goddess circle and I had a really good time doing it and learned a lot. Um, But then when my apprenticeship was over, I had the opportunity to leave that group. I could stay with them or leave, and I chose to leave, and I started my own goddess circle. Um, But that didn't actually happen until like six months after I left that group because I was looking for something very specific. I didn't really necessarily want like a religious experience that a lot of the goddess circles offer, I didn't want dogma. I didn't want religion. I just wanted to be spiritual. I just wanted to go and be present with other women and, and just be present and be who I am and, you know, explore my spirituality on a deeper level. And so that's really how the Goddess Circle thing came about. But then the book itself that I'm writing is because a lot of women are asking me, how can we do this? How can I do this in my own community? How can I take the, this and start one in my own area or, or whatever? And I just found myself answering that question over and over in emails with different women across the country that I've been in contact with, and even in other countries. But anyway, yes, we can go deep in relationships in Goddess Circle. And we can, I think it can be a real catalyst for the, for the deep, deep relationship. Anybody yeah. can go to a bar. Anybody can go have, you know, a drunk night out or, or whatever it is that, that we seem socially acceptable or normal to do. Um, but I think women yeah. are hungrier, for, hungry for more deep relationships. I so, do wonder. Did I answer um, your question? Yeah. 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 Of course, I always one question leads to another leads to another. But it makes me think about um, Mars and Venus. <laughs> you know I wonder like how different are men and women like I often just want to say well we're all the same but I think when it comes to relationships what you're saying about women is true we're the talkers the cliche is mm-hmm. um and this is a cliche I know some men are like this too but we want to talk about our feelings and we want to explore our feelings and we want to like talk things out whereas I notice. Um, the cliche generally thinking of men is um, something kids like to do is parallel play where they play side by side and they're perfectly happy. Like, and that's like a complete experience for them. <laughs> I noticed mm-hmm. men have that, like they can go play basketball, sweat all over each other, grunt a few times, throw that throw back some beers and feel completely ex- complete in that experience. <laughs> Whereas mm-hmm. I, I think women we connect in different ways. I'm not saying the connection is any deeper or, but it is different the way that we want to connect. And I can see how having a circle could facilitate that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Well, one of the things about the, the way that I facilitate a circle is that I, there are, there is a set of guidelines that we've all kind of agreed upon. Um, And one of them is, the deep listening guideline. (laughs) So we listen without agenda. We listen to hear, not to solve. And I Mm. think that men kind of, again, the the stereotype, I should say, that men kind of have this this listening to solve a problem, you know, they want to be useful, they want to do, they want to, whatever, you know, whatever the cliche is. But um, when we come into circle... It's a great Mm -hmm. quality to have, I have to say, like, but again, it becomes, you know, have a rainbow of soulmates, you know, like know when you're going to talk to the man in your life, he most likely is going to want to listen with the intention of helping you solve your problem. Join a goddess Mm -hmm. circle if you want to just be heard. Yeah. Well, and I think that, all of our relationships serve different purposes for us in life too. I mean, like you don't have the same relationship with child as you do a girlfriend or, (laughs) you know, or even your mother. You're, you're, it's, I think it's important to have different relationships, different healthy relationships um, that do, and and they do serve different purposes. So. Yeah. If people want to read that, um, I know you have it on pre-order. Where do they go sign up for that? Oh, okay. I'm on. You can either find it on my uh, Gumroad site. It's Gumroad.com/theGoddessDiaries, or The Goddess Diaries, my blog. I have a okay. link out to it. So cool. It looks really pretty. Yeah. Well, thank you. I'm excited about it. It's taking a little longer than I. Th- but you know, my eyes are always bigger than my stomach. <laughs> oh, you don't have to, tell have me. to build up extra me about time. <laughs> I know about that. I do know about that. There's nothing to light a fire under your ass like pre order, so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're like, oh my God, they're here. They're waiting. Um, <laughs> what is the title of it? Can we save a title too so people can just Google it if they want to? Yeah, it's Goddess Circles Hosting Your New and Full Moon gatherings. Mm. Okay. Well, I do have one more question. Um, I scheduled us a little extra time just being sneaky, but this is just an opinion. I'm just asking your opinion. I'm not asking you to be the guru, but do you think there's a point? What? I know there's a point. (laughs) What would you say is the point where when you're, touching wounds with someone, let's say, where it's time to cut that person loose. Because I don't think in all instances it's it's an invitation to go deeper or it's an invitation to Mm -hmm. try to work it out. I mean, how many years can you stay in a relationship like that? So what would you say maybe are some red flags or a sign that is time to go looking for an opportunity, a a better growth opportunity, (laughs) let's say? Yeah, that's a really good question because um, toxic relationships aren't, aren't any fun and probably not healthy. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I would say that like I was saying earlier um, I think that it just takes a lot of self-reflection or self-awareness rather um, and communication and, and the courage to have those conversations. And if you do that, you you know, the self-reflection aspect and then you find the courage to have the conversation with the other person um, and you realize that nothing's going to change or they ha- they have no desire to change either, then you have every right to that friendship, to break up with that friend. I mean, toxic friendship signs, I mean, you're looking at things like unbalanced Um, communication like like you're always there to hear that person and it's never the other way around you know you're always there to help that person it's never the other way around Um, maybe um, uh, you can never feel like you can be yourself around that person you know I would say that's a sign of of something that needs to be explored a little bit more Um, why do you feel that way? Why do you feel like you can't be yourself around them? You know, um, if they have a, if you're in a relationship where you feel like um, uh, it's it's all competition, you know, it's all, it's all competitive. You know, I don't, I don't think that that's very healthy either. I think, I think there's healthy competition, but, but there's like, you say that you did something and then they come back with a, Oh, well I did this better, you know, yeah. I feel like it's it's a a toxic sign, you know, it's a sign mm-hmm. of toxicity. And then and and then like um I was talking earlier about being catty or you know, like the gossip or the backhanded compliments, all of those things point to maybe you're in a toxic relationship. And so yeah. the self reflection comes in, you know, the self awareness, why do you know, why am I feeling dirty in this relationship? Well, If you are, there's probably a reason for it. And then having the communication with the other person. If you realize that nothing's going to change or that they don't have any empathy for your needs or desire to work through it, then it's time to go. Yeah. Time to go. Totally. I mean, make the effort, but if they're not going to meet you there. I think mm too – I know my listeners very, very well. I, I, some of them are coaching clients. Some of them are in my group. Some of them are just driving me emails. And this, I know they are nice. Some of them Mm -hmm. are too, too nice. And it's very hard for people like that. They feel bad letting a friendship go um, or Mm -hmm. a romance. So they'll stay in it way past expiration date. So I would suggest in that case too, to just reframe it for yourself and See, you are hindering this person's growth because mm, that's a good one. They can't, you're like standing on either side of the Grand Canyon going, Jump! And they're not going to jump because they're afraid they're going to die. They need someone to stand on the other side of like a shallow puddle. <laughs> and they need mm-hmm. to jump across that pedal puddle before they can even start thinking about jumping across a bigger pedal, puddle. Gosh, I'm tripping over my words. A bigger puddle before they can even start to imagine that there even exists a Grand Canyon. So Mm -hmm. have compassion for that person and let them go find a better match, a person that they can grow with at their own pace. Um, Oh, my gosh. And this just reminds me of something uh, I was going to mention on Facebook, but I'll just mention it here. I was on my walk this morning, and I saw a snail that was crossing the sidewalk. And I was like, oh, he's not going to make it because he's trying to make it to a wall. But it's a sidewalk that a lot, a lot of people walk on and run on. And I was like, he's going to get smushed. So I tried to pick him up off the sidewalk and he was like hanging on for dear life. He's not going to let me pick him up. So I like tried to like more forcibly lift him up. And it got to the point where it's like, I'm going to like rip his shell off and kill him trying to move him over Mm -hmm. to this wall. Um, So I just let it go and it bugged me. I'm like walking. I'm like, he's going to die. What a dumbass. Why wouldn't he just let me move him? (laughs) (laughs) And then I came back and he had made it across like on my way back in his own time. So sometimes you just, you can't force people. I don't, Mr. Snail. Thank you for that little piece of insight today. (laughs) That's awesome. I know, it's so weird, but that's what came to mind for me. Aww. Yeah, so have compassion for reframe. the other person. Yeah, and I think it's, it's helpful to think about the other person that way, because if you're a giver and a giver and a giver, like, give them that freedom. Set them free from you. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> yeah, and, it's a
0: gift. And they go, Definitely yeah, a gift. for yourself too, but if you're a person who struggles with, with doing things like that for yourself, do it for the other person, and and in turn like set yourself free. Mhm. I love it. Yay, well thank you for doing this again my honorary co-host almost <laughs> like I feel like I've had you on the show enough times. If 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 you're listening for the first time to me and Don talk, please know she also has her own podcast called The Goddess Diaries and you can find her online. Um she's the org. so um yes. make sure you 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 do the dot org um and uh come hang out with me on patreon everybody woohoo i'm having so much fun over there especially in the private conversations we get to have which is what exactly what i was hoping would happen um they're so juicy i love them i haven't commented yet but you guys are amazing <laughs> yay i know it's such a fun i don't know it's something about like you're investing in me okay i'm going to invest more in you like i feel i feel like i <laughs> Talk about freedom. I feel more freedom over there, which is I feel like leaking over into this side of things too for the the free shows Mm -hmm. that I'm doing. So it's all good. Um, I'll be back here in September talking at you. My new thing is I'm taking the last week of each month off. I'm giving myself a week-long hiatus on the content creation. Um, I'll still be around on social media and stuff like that. But um, in the meantime, much love to you all. and. Until we meet again. Peace. Bye.